Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus, dear friends. The part of God's Word that we'll take a look at this afternoon comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 9. It's that account, as I mentioned before, of Jesus healing a man who was blind from birth. And since it is a record of our Savior's words and works, I invite you to please stand for our reading. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. That word means sent. And so the man went and washed and came home seen. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner perform such signs? And so they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me, so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. There are many things in this world that we can't see with the naked eye. I can remember collecting water from the Mississippi River for a biology class in high school so that we could look at it under the microscope. What we saw when we did was a little bit disturbing. That water was alive with all kinds of tiny little organisms, things you could never see with the naked eye, some things you kind of wished you never had seen. Have you ever looked at the moon? through a really good telescope or seen photos like this. It's a pretty amazing sight. All of a sudden, all of those craters, the details of them, can be clearly seen. I'm not going to ask you if you've ever looked at a grill brush. But I did read a story this past week about this boy who had been in and out of the hospital in the emergency room complaining about pain in his ear. 
numerous doctors and numerous exams revealed nothing wrong with him, and yet his condition continued to get worse and worse. Finally, a CAT scan showed that there was a little piece of wire that must have been stuck in a hamburger that he ate, and it got lodged in the back of his throat. An abscess developed around it, and it was putting pressure on his ear, causing the pain. But of course, once they saw it, they could get after it, remove it, and now the boy is just fine. But maybe something to keep in mind next time you grill out, be a little careful. There are a lot of things in the natural realm that we can't see without a little help. And the same thing is true in the spiritual realm. When we run into tragedy or hardship or trials or suffering in our lives, we may wonder where God is and why he allows these things to happen. We struggle to see the reality of things in the midst of those dark times. Well, today in our verses from John chapter 9, Jesus opens our eyes so that we might see God's gracious works in all situations. We're going to focus today especially just on the first three verses of this section. It began like this. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? It was a common viewpoint in Jesus' day that pretty much any injury or ailment that somebody suffered from could be attributed to some specific sin that they had committed. And the fact that Jesus' disciples asked this question of him shows that they bought into that viewpoint. But in this case, their question was especially difficult because this man had been blind from birth. So if it was a sin that this man had committed that was responsible for his blindness, I mean, what could it possibly be? Other than the sinful nature that all of us inherit with our, from our parents, what could he have possibly done prior to birth to warrant something like this? I mean, aside from the general discomfort that he provided to his mother during those months, or if his parents sinned, how is that fair? I mean, how would it be fair for this man to suffer so much because the offense of the offense that his parents had committed? Well, even though that viewpoint was pretty commonly held in Jesus' day, it's certainly not a biblical viewpoint. I mean, that would suggest that our hospitals are filled up with people who right now are kind of getting what they deserve because of their sins. Even so, this viewpoint is still held by many in our world today. I mean, sometimes people think that as long as I'm in a right relationship with God, if I'm trying to steer clear of sin in my life, then bad things shouldn't happen to me. But if bad things do happen to a person, then they must have done something to deserve that. If you remember the story of Job, you know that his friends, if you can call them that, accused Job of that very thing. When his suffering came, 
They came to visit Job and said, you must be covering over, hiding some great sin that you committed, and that's why God is permitting this to happen. But that wasn't the case at all. The truth is, sometimes seemingly bad things happen even to those people that we might consider to be the best of Christians. On one occasion, the Apostle Paul was stoned, dragged out of a city, and left for dead. And why did that bad thing happen to him? Well, because he was preaching the gospel. And how did Paul respond to that situation? He said, We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. He recognized that that's the way life is for fallen people in a fallen world. And even though we know that to be true, still when the tragedy hits in our lives or hits close to home, we can find ourselves wondering, what did I do to deserve this? And it's a troubling thought. I mean, it can lead us to question God's love and his forgiveness, and ultimately it can drive us to despair. Thankfully, Jesus opens our eyes. He gives us insight on the situation of this man who was born blind, and in doing so, he gives us insight into some of the situations that we face in our lives that are very similar. Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sin. Now, he's not saying that this man born blind and his parents were perfect or something like that. The Bible makes it very clear that nobody can claim perfect innocence before God. We all have sinned and fall short of his glory. But what Jesus is pointing out here is that there wasn't a specific sin committed by this man or by his parents that caused this blindness from birth. Rather, it's sin in general that is the root of the trouble, the suffering, the hardships, and the tragedies that we face in this life. And since we are all sinful, and since we all live in a sinful world, then none of us are immune from this. We all are going to experience these things. But Jesus gives us insight as to why these things come. God is not the author of them. God is not the author of evil. Again, sin is what brings that trouble into our lives. But God is ultimately in control of absolutely everything in this world. And so he permits these things, things like this man's blindness from birth, and then uses them to further his gracious plans for his people and for all people. Jesus says it like this, This happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. That changes our perspective on tragedy and suffering, doesn't it? The Apostle Paul says it like this, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. God is at work for our good. That's our baseline confidence in every situation and circumstance of life. But now, I'm sure that many of you here today have experienced suffering or tragedy in your own life, or you've seen it in the lives of people you know or love. 
And now maybe you kind of want to know, okay, then what was the good that God was working through that situation? We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. So what's the good in each of these cases? Well, before we look at each of these cases from our own experience, let's take a closer look at how God worked in the life of this man who was born blind. In his life, God's gracious work was plain to see, wasn't it? I mean, first of all, Jesus gave this man physical sight. That was a tremendous miracle, a tremendous act of love and mercy on the part of our Savior to do that for that man. But even more important than that, Jesus gave that man spiritual sight. And that's what matters most. Do you remember early on when the man was first being questioned about who it was that healed him? He didn't really have a great explanation for it. In fact, he simply said, it was the man that they call Jesus. Not exactly a strong, clear confession of faith on the part of this man who was born blind. But then a little later on, he refers to Jesus as a prophet. This blind man understood that in some way, God was at work through this Jesus. Otherwise, how could he explain the fact that now he was able to see when before he couldn't? And finally, Jesus brought this man fully into the light by presenting himself to him as the promised Messiah. The one talking to you is he, Jesus said. And then that once blind man made this confession. He said, Lord, I believe. And then we're told he worshiped Jesus as Savior and as God. In that one man's darkness, God's gracious work was displayed. And not just for that blind man, but for many others as well. I mean, for Jesus' disciples, they would have to adjust their preconceived notions of sin and punishment based on this event that they witnessed. Jesus' disciples were never were again given a tremendous testimony that the one that they were following was indeed God himself who had the power to do things like this. More light was being shined, not just for Jesus' disciples, but also for the Pharisees, those enemies of Jesus. He wanted this miracle also to shine light for them. He wanted them to make that same saving confession that this blind man had made. He wanted those Pharisees, those enemies, to be his followers in the same way that his disciples were. And even though that miracle Jesus performed and the testimony that it provided was by and large rejected by the Pharisees, still, Jesus had put God's gracious work on full display for them to see. Out of this one man's blindness and darkness, Jesus brought forth all kinds of light. And so now when we understand that story and God's work there, now we can go back to our own personal stories and experiences with trial, tragedy, and suffering. First, we do have to understand that we're not always going to be able to see or recognize just how God is at work in every situation. Sometimes, like this blind man, we might have to wait many, many years 
before God's gracious work becomes apparent to us. But we can be sure that God is at work. He's always at work on behalf of his people. That's his promise, and his work is always designed to further his eternal plans for you and me and for all. And so knowing that allows us to consider a number of different possibilities when we encounter suffering, tragedy, or hardship in our own lives or in the lives of those around us. Maybe, maybe God is using that situation to build up our personal faith, to increase our trust in him. One Christian author says this, We learn more of God and the mystery of his love when we are in the dark, when his word is our only light. Or to put it another way, when you're flat on your back, the only direction you can look is up and to God. Sometimes he uses those difficult things to draw us closer to himself. But maybe it's not always about us. Rather than building up our faith, maybe God is using that tragic situation to create faith in the heart of someone else. When the people of this world watch as God's people go through tragedy and suffering, but do it with confidence and peace, do they wonder where that comes from? Will that give us an opportunity to share with them the way that Jesus has worked in our hearts and lives? Or when they're going through that tragedy themselves, is God providing us an opportunity to share the comfort that only the Savior can give? Or maybe that other person's trial or tragedy is just an opportunity for us to show our Christian love and to help them through it in some way. That same author I mentioned before said this, Finally, the pain around us provides the opportunities for us to respond. It is never meaningless suffering when we are given the opportunity to reach out a Christ-like hand. Jesus has opened our eyes to see God's gracious work in all situations. That changes our perspective on things like suffering and tragedy and hardship. The place where that change really happens is at the cross of Jesus. That's where we see God's love for us, right? By grace, we understand that Jesus went to that cross for our sins, not his own. We understand that God allowed Jesus to suffer and die in the way that he did because of his incredible love for each one of us. Jesus' death is really the greatest example, the greatest testimony of God's gracious work in a situation that was brought about by so much evil. Through his death, Jesus shined the bright light of salvation to a world that by nature was blind in sin and destined for death. Through the gospel message, Jesus has opened our eyes so that we can see the saving work that he did for us. With Jesus' cross clearly in view, we can always be confident that whether we see it or not, whether we understand it or not, God is always at work for the good in every situation. And even if we don't see it now, The last day will show this work. 
when the multitudes that Jesus redeemed and called out of darkness come streaming into eternal glory. Then we'll see. And by God's grace, we'll be with them, thanks to Jesus. We were blind, but now we see. Worthy is the Lamb who gives sight to the blind. He opens our eyes to see God's gracious work in every situation. Amen. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.